Welcome to episode four of the Board Game Workshop. I'm your host, Chris Anderson. Today we have an interview with Dan Letzring of Ladyman Games and the designer of the upcoming Mint Julep from Button Shy Games. It'll be on Kickstarter the beginning of April. For news, we've got the Granite Games Summit coming up in a little more than a week. That's April 7th through 9th in Nashua, New Hampshire. I will be there with a designer table on Saturday from noon to 2 if you want to stop by and play some prototypes. Entries for the Tabletop Showcase at the Boston Festival of Indie Games are due April 15th. You can go to bostonfig.com to find out more about that. The Game Crafter has two contests up. They have their Big Box Challenge due June 5th, and they have their Dungeon Crawler Challenge due August 15th. You can go to thegamecrafter.com slash contest to check those out. Button Shy Games Wallet Game Contest is still going on. Submissions are due April 23rd. Go to buttonshygames.com to check that out. That about does it for the news, so on to our interview. We're here with Dan Letzring of Lettyman Games, who has designed PhD the Game, Dino Dude Ranch, Gadgeteers, Mint Julep, and Groves, uh, and also published Dirigible Disasters in addition to those. So, Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris. Thank you for having me on tonight. No problem. So let's start with what got you into games and game design and for you, publishing. I guess, you know, what got me into games, uh, like everyone else as a kid, I grew up playing all sorts of games with my family from, you know, Clue, Trivial Pursuit, Stratego, um, all those family games that you, you grew up with. And so I was always into games and playing them and problem solving and thinking. Um, and it wasn't until I got older... I was in grad school and I had some uh, coworkers who told me about Settlers of Catan. I had another coworker who had uh, Ticket to Ride and Carcassonne. And so I started getting introduced to all of those uh, in grad school. And I was visiting actually a high school friend and he introduced me to Dominion and Flux. And so I kind of got a really good taste of all sorts of different types of games right around the same time. And that's what really got me more into modern gaming. Um, I'd say I got into game design probably after I played Flux because I felt excited about um, learning about a game that was all cards, but they all had different thematic ties and different abilities. And so, as I said, I was in grad school at the time, and I wanted a game that really picked on the problems of grad school because it turns out like everyone going through grad school has the same things they hate, their advisors come down on them, the way their lifestyle is and the way they feel they're treated uh, it's somewhat comical in the way that everyone's kind of happy yet miserable. And so when I played Flux, I felt that there was a type of way you could tie the, that theme into a card game. I decided to start making PhD the game. So that's where my, my game design really kind of started. And then from there on out, I wanted to uh, do all sorts of different types of games. And so that encouraged me to just keep doing it. And I pretty much whenever I'm not working my full-time job and with my family thinking about making new games. What made you decide to publish PhD yourself? Uh, I guess when I was doing it, I didn't know very much about anything in the industry. So I was really kind of fresh and new and people mentioned Kickstarter and I, I did a very poorly run campaign uh, for that, but it got me learning the business side of it and learning more about the industry and I really liked it. I really liked the uh, 
ability of owning my own business and making the decisions and doing all sorts of the extra things involved with that. And so I actually, I mean, it's very hard. I, I actually enjoy doing a lot of this stuff. I mean, it's not for everyone and I understand why. I mean, it's very time consuming and there are things that are just aren't fun about it, but, but I do enjoy doing it. So, um, you know, I, I did it for the, my first campaign just cause it was the only thing I really kind of knew. Um, and I really enjoyed it. So I've been doing it ever since. So let's move on to mint julep, which is your wallet game coming out from button shy in the April Kickstarter, correct? Yes, that's correct. April 4th, I believe he's launching it. So just tell us about Mint Julep, the idea for the design, how it worked out. Sure. Um, well, I guess it started, I didn't even realize the contest was running at the time. Uh, so he had the wallet t- contest going and the parameters for the contest were design an 18 card game. And I had known about his wallet games before then. And so just during the contest without knowing about it, I said to myself, oh, I want to challenge myself and I want to try and design an 18 card game. And so I just did it as a to kind of as almost like a practical exercise for game design. And so I was working on trying to design an 18 card game and talking to someone about it. And they were like, oh, you should submit it for the wallet game contest because it's running right now. I was like, oh, that's a really good coincidence. Why don't I? And so uh, so that's kind of how I found out about all that. Um, and so the game started out kind of this weird, um, almost like, I don't know, object trading mart. Um, you were trying to make sure you got the most of certain high-valued items um, to earn points for them and make the items you didn't have worth the least so you could adjust the values of the items in the market and adjust the cards in your hand. Um, so you're trying to play with the market and play with the cards in your hand to optimize and make sure you got the highest point cards. Um, and so it was almost like a Middle Eastern trading mart or like a hunting for treasures in a pyramid type thing. Um, and that's where it started out. And I I don't even know how I got to that idea. I just, that's kind of what came to me when I was trying to think of just multiple things to think about and multiple actions to do. And it was very hard with 18 cards coming up with that. I I find uh, these, the 18 card contests are really difficult just because you're so stripped in what you can use. Um, And so as I was making that though, it reminded me of, I guess like ranking in a race because I, I told you I was trying I was trying to find a way to value items and which ones were worth more versus which were worth less, and I had made just on my own that went nowhere a trick taking game about horse racing that was like 120 cards, and I had a lot of the images that I just kind of found online that I I, I used in that game. And I was like, oh, I can totally port this 18 card game into that theme. And so that the highest ranked cards are obviously the horse in first race and the least ranked cards are the horses in last place. And, uh, and you know, a lot of the work's done for me in finding images because I already had a lot of them. And, um, you know, I had movement cards to adjust the places of the horses in the race and all sorts of things like that. So it actually just kind of, I switched the theme to the horse racing and everything kind of came together quickly from making the prototype and getting it to kind of feel more like a cohesive unit. So you went into the contest. It didn't win the contest because it was a tough contest. I know I was in it. But um, so after after the contest, I assume at some point Button Shy said we're interested in publishing this. Was there more work after that or was the game pretty much set to go and just they needed to do the art and set stuff up? Yeah, no. So actually, surprisingly, during the contest, he reached out to me about publishing it. So before the contest was even over, he really liked um, like I said, I think there was a lot to be said for the game was interesting, the theme was interesting, the name was interesting, um, the way it all came together. It was just a very 
I called it a cohesive unit. It just came together very nicely as a very interesting package. And so uh, after I submitted it before, I think even the finals, he uh, he reached out to me and told me he was interested in publishing it. And so um, that was actually really exciting. I, I kind of made me think I might have won the contest, which again, I didn't, um, which is okay. I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with publishing. And so I've been working with Jason. He's a really great guy. And um, we've done a lot of adjustments since. I mean, the game, I mean, they were in the middle of the contest when I designed it, so it obviously wasn't in a perfect place when I submitted it, uh, but I had to do it by the deadline. And so we've been working on adjusting just uh, the movement cards, the betting cards, how the betting works. Um, so a lot of the, the original principles are there, but things have changed as well. And the way the horses are staggered in the race, um, we've been just trying to play with things because one one thing that didn't work well in the previous game was if there was a way you could play a moving card at the very end you could basically just look at how everyone was set up and just kind of screw someone on their bet um and so we've been trying to work away from that that you could work a whole game to having issues at the end just because one player plays one card strategically um but yeah so we've been doing a lot of design work on that end but I know he's at the Unpub now trying to finalize just kind of values and making sure all the numbers work well. Um, but yeah, now he's just doing the artwork and kind of finishing it up because it's launching in a couple of weeks. Cool. I mean, I've seen some of the artwork. It looks great. I'm excited for it. Thank you. Yeah, I've been really happy with it. It's it's cool to see uh, it come together and I don't have to do it. I mean, you mentioned I've published a lot of my games and it's a lot of work and it's nice to design something and watch someone else develop it and kind of kick back. And I mean, he's let me be involved in a lot, but I don't have to do nearly as much work as I usually do, which is great. Um, and so he keeps sending me pictures and I really like the way they went with the art this time, which is nice because, you know, it's, you know, your designs are your babies and someone else takes it. And if they do art that you're just not excited about, it's kind of, you know, it hurts your impression of your own game, and he didn't do that at all. His the art he picked was absolutely perfect, so I'm very happy with it. So let's let's switch over. You also do a blog for the Indie Game Report. You want to talk about that for a um, minute? So I do actually do two different segments for it, two different features. Uh, the first is just a blog where I kind of use it as a I call it a lessons learned as a small publisher using Kickstarter, uh, and it's really just. To kind of describe some of my experiences in doing it, I try and uh, uh, touch on some subjects that I think are I've encountered that are interesting, or even um, people I uh, or uh, companies I've worked with, printers or shipping services, just so new people starting out in the same position I am can have uh, some advice. So actually, people who have read it have reached out to me when they're launching their games, which is great. I love to to be able to help them uh, with it. And then the second type of feature that I do is an interview. And I do this with people while they're running their campaign. And what I try and do that's a little, I think, different than other people is I stray away from the, the game itself. I let them describe the game in one or two questions, but the bulk of the questions are about publisher, publisher decisions, why they chose the reward tiers they did or the shipping packages or uh, you know, just why they're doing certain things, wh why they make component choices, why they save some things for stretch goals, uh, because everything's focused on games and promoting the games. But I wanted something as to if I'm running a campaign and I want to run it like you, why did you make the decisions you did and why should I make those same decisions? Um, so I wanted the interviews to be more like a, a Kickstarter lessons type thing. I've read uh, a couple of them. They're very interesting, very useful for Kickstarter stuff. Yeah, there are a lot of groups on Facebook for 
Kickstarter advice and the same people week after week come in with the same questions and it's, they don't search. So it's nice to, to write something up about it and be able to say, um, you know, one thing that comes up a lot is safe, child safety testing. And I had that done for Dino Dude Ranch. So I wrote a whole blog post about it. And so now I could say, yes, this is what I did. I would recommend this and here's my blog about it and why. And so I can write a lot less because, I mean, there's a lot to say about it. And so I'd rather link it just because it comes up so often and there's so much to say that, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to just copy and paste every time the same candid response. I want to just say, here, check out my blog. This is what I said. And if you have more questions, reach out to me. All right. Let's move on to Groves, which is your upcoming game, your brain to Kickstarter, designed by you and Steve Armini. What is Groves? I've seen the cover art, which is amazing, but that's all I know. Thank you. Yeah, it is amazing. Uh, Nolan Nasser is doing the artwork, and he is just phenomenal. Um, I knew from the start, he does beautiful landscapes. In this game, we wanted to focus on the scenery, and so that he was a perfect pairing for, for doing the art for this game. Um, this game, it's a worker placement game that has bag building, and so... Um, What's unique about it is each worker placement spot has a primary ability and a secondary ability. So the primary ability, any worker that goes there can get it, but the secondary ability has to be paired to the specific type of worker. So if you have a yellow worker and you place them on the, the yellow location, they get the primary and the secondary benefit, whereas a blue worker would just get the primary on the yellow spot. And so you want to build your you want to build, buy certain areas in your land that will help you, but you need to build your bag such that you can get more bonuses and kind of optimize the rewards you're receiving. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's probably one of the most unique things about it. And there are ways you can build portals to go to other people's areas as well to use their lands. But what's kind of neat is if you place in someone else's land, they get to put the worker you put on their area back in their bag. So if you use a green on their green to get the bonus, um, it's good for you this turn, but that's going in their bag and it may come out later for them and might help them out. It does sound like a good game. Yeah, so you can also like send generic workers and kind of fill their bag up with generics that don't help them out as well either. And so it's kind of like, you know, it has those negative effects as well. And it's nothing that's like super take that, but it has some interaction that you don't, always get in worker placement games other than the fact that I went there and you can't now. Um, so there's a little bit more to it now. And there's one type of worker when you open a portal, they're called wraiths and they're like blockers. So if you put it on a spot, they stay there until the, the person who owns that spot places a specific worker to get rid of it. And so, yeah, it has some interesting interactions and some really neat, um, really neat mechanics in it that I, I mean, I love it. It's a lot of fun. Um, worker placements are my favorite type of game. So that's why I really wanted to make a fun one. And so that was a co-design. You did one other co-design gadgeteers with Michael Kofer. So what's, what's it like co-designing? I've only worked alone. So I hear it can be great and can also be a scheduling nightmare. I've knock on wood only had great experience with experiences with it. Um, I think if you find the right people to work with, it's amazing, um, you know, because you don't want to feel like you're doing more work than anybody else. So as long as you're both contributing in what you feel are equal ways, it works. And so what's been great is uh, Steve and I have both had a lot of chances for grows, at least to get it to the table. But I have a lot of local groups and local designers in my area that I can get feedback from pretty, pretty steadily. I mean, we were when I first got the game 
getting it to the table two or three times a week with different groups. And so that's like one of my strengths where Steve is great at, I mean, he made a lot of the initial developments, a lot of the, the location benefits, um, which is a lot of work and a lot of, you know, just trying to critically thinking about every location, what the resources you would gain are and what things are, uh, what the benefits are, the bonuses, the, the, the primary abilities, the chess the bonus abilities he came up with all that and he built the prototype he sent it to me in the mail and so i mean these were things that i mean i didn't have a lot of time to to just sit down and do but once i got the game i was able to get it to the table a lot so we kind of bounced feedback off of each other and made joint decisions on um on how best to move forward with it and so it, it i think has come together very smoothly with the two of us so how'd the idea start with since it's a co-design did steve come up with it and come to you did you have it did you already meet up and want to co-design and then come up with the game so it's really kind of funny because uh steve sent me another game just for consideration to publish and it had these neat 3d looking buildings in the artwork of it and when I played it, I really wanted to build a Western town builder because of the 3D buildings. I was like, we should totally make a Western town builder with these 3D style buildings. And it was nothing like the game he sent me, but this was just what I said to him. And he was like, yeah, okay, we could talk about that. So then the growth started as a Western, we called it Boomtown. And we were building like buildings in a town. And it all started from the other game where I just thought, oh, this would be a neat theme to, to do. I'd love a Western town builder. <laughs> and then... We were doing that, and then it kind of was like, well, every Western game out there is a town builder, and do we want to do another one? And um, so then we kind of turned into this uh, more beautiful, lush landscape with these elemental fey that we're pulling from the land. And um, we're really happy with where it's come, but yeah, that's kind of just how it all started was that. And then Steve came up with the buildings initially, and then I tweaked a lot of the powers, and then we went back and forth, and then we kind of ported the whole theme over. And got to where we are it's interesting how you can start nowhere near what you end up with but it somehow works yeah i mean actually the same thing happened with gadgeteers too i i pitched a design to michael kofer and i said i don't have time to work on this but you want to work on this it was a weird pumpkin patch game in a field and he was like sure and then he played with it and then he was making like diced veggie combinations and then we were like well let's build inventions and then we started talking about different um, quirky inventions that weren't like regular inventions that, um, and it just kind of snowballed from there. And then it was about bidding for parts to build inventions. And yeah, that kind of developed out of that too. And it's nothing like what it originally began as. So he actually, I think um, he did three designer diaries for it. And one was the, the evolution of the theme and how it came to be. And it was really interesting to see where we started with it and where we ended up and how it was nothing like it. So we are almost out of time. Would you like to give a rundown of just stuff you have coming up, things you're releasing, things you're working on, where people can find you? Sure, yeah. Yep, well, so yeah, I'm, first of all, thanks for, for having me. Um, people can find me. I'm pretty pretty readily available everywhere. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Letiman Games, L-E-T-I-M-A-N Games. I'm on Facebook. My company has a website. I... Yeah, I'm pretty accessible anywhere through there. My website's letimangames.com. Uh, so if people ever need anything or they want advice or they want to talk about games, I'm very happy to do that. Um, yeah, so Mint Julep will be on Kickstarter next month from Button Shy. Uh, we're hoping to have Groves on there somewhere between May and July. I'm not really sure when, but uh, people can get in touch with us through all of our social media to stay in touch about that. I'm working on an expansion for Dino Dude Ranch right now. Um, I'm working on that with a friend, Dan Grek, who designed Dirigible Disaster. And uh, 
So we're hoping by the end of the year, maybe even sooner, to have something going for that as well. And I don't know. I mean, new things pop up all the time, so you never know how how quickly something might come together. So you may be hearing more from me than just that. Well, thank you very much for being on the show, and hopefully we'll talk to you again. Not a problem. Thank you so much for having me. That does it for this episode. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can find it on Twitter at the BG Workshop on Facebook, facebook.com slash theboardgameworkshop. Find the website with the show notes, theboardgameworkshop.com. You can email me at theboardgameworkshop at gmail.com. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the show or if you would like to be a guest and talk about game design, you can find me on Twitter at bluecubebgs.com. 